0: Hey there, welcome back to another Homeschool CEO Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Laura Hernandez of Mama Systems, where she shares how she and her husband are raising 10, yes, you heard that right, 10 kids, including three special needs. She homeschools, she runs a business, and today she shares how she does it all without the chaos. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Homeschool CEO Podcast, the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to successfully homeschool their kids while running a profitable business. In this podcast, we'll reveal the truth of what it really looks like behind the scenes of an entrepreneur who homeschools and how to make it all work. If you're an entrepreneur who currently homeschools or you want to start, you are in the right place, my friend. With 16 years experience combining entrepreneurship with homeschooling, I'm your host, Jen Myers, and this is the Homeschool CEO Podcast. Well, Laura, I want to welcome you today to the Homeschool CEO Podcast. And why don't you go ahead and take a minute and kind of introduce yourself to our audience?
1: My name is Laura Hernandez, and my husband, Tony, and I live in the Dallas area with our 10 kiddos. And I started a company called Mom Assistance a couple of years ago after we we had expanded our family from four 10 in about five years. And it felt just really chaotic, just getting used to all the new schedules and our three adopted little buddies were all special needs. So we just had a ton of appointments and I mean, a ton of appointments. So, um, our life was just really chaotic and I felt like we needed some rhythm and routine and some scheduling. And so I would read books and, um, In this journey of trying to figure out what worked for our family, I realized that there were no books or no podcasts, nothing that really fit our family. And so I had to kind of create our own thing. And the process I went through, I now get to help other moms go through to help them bring peace to their homes and help them implement systems in their homes. That
0: is amazing because, you know, I raised four kids and I remember... Because all of our audience, we run businesses as well as homeschool our kids. And so just that alone, I know you experienced that too. Is, that's chaotic. Just that, even if you have two kids and run a business, that's chaotic if you don't that's have nice. the right systems in place. So yeah, so I've been there. I've been there where just life is just happening and I was reactive and I didn't have the systems in place. And it took me a while to really understand that systems create flexibility and freedom. Amen. Yeah, because for a long time I thought that because I thought that scheduling would be like this confining, constricting burden, but really that's where we found our freedom and our flexibility. So, you said you went from four to ten kids. So, can you tell me a little bit about that journey, how that happened?
1: Yeah. So we had had Andrew, who is the oldest of our three adopted, um, as a foster kiddo when we were here in Dallas, and then he went back to his mama. And we had moved up to Seattle for work, and while we were up there, we had our fifth biological child right after we had our fifth we got a call from the caseworkers that andrew and his two siblings now were back into care and very long story short we had to move back to the dallas area to be able to have them placed in our home and so we moved cross-country just had our fifth biological added three more and again, these were special needs little buddies. So they were, Andrew had just turned four and Matthew was two and a half and Hannah was 18 months. And then we had our own two-year-old and newborn. And so we had five kids, four and under, all in diapers. And it was just a lot. I remember just being like, if we could just get through the end of the day, I know that people have survived before, they've done this and they've like come out on the other side and they can, like, I can do this. And, um, <laughs> it was very much just survival reacting to life and, We subsequently had two more. So we kind of clearly got our feet back under us at some point in time, right? But just creating those systems and everything. When I got to the other side and found the freedom that came from it, I was like, I wish that somebody would have been on the other side. I would have given them my life for them to be able to bring this order to my home and done it a lot quicker than my two, three year journey to figure that out. So that's what my hope is to be for other mamas.
0: Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, I'm a big believer in cutting a check to go faster. A lot of my parents are because we We're entrepreneurs. We don't have all day to learn everything. Yeah, so sometimes it's just a matter of help me find the expert so they can teach me what took them three or four or five years to learn in a matter of, you know, three or four hours and cut through all of that trial and error and just find something that works. Yes. So, okay, so with your ten kids, do you homeschool all of them or some of them go to public school, correct?
1: Yeah, so our three special buddies do normally go to public school? They're home now during this whole COVID thing, but they're normally at public school.
0: Okay. So how do you implement systems to balance that mixed schooling between homeschooling and public schooling? Because I know some of our families are in similar situations Mm -hmm. and so they have schedules all over the place. So how do you implement strategies for that?
1: One of the biggest pieces of that has been delegating out a lot of the driving. Um, Because I find that if I am here and things go smoothly, right? I've really worked with my mamas to try to help them see that they're managers of their home and not the doers of everything and because you delegate things out it does not make you a bad mom. Like it's okay that you're delegating things out. And so one of the things that was very freeing to me not at the beginning cuz I had a lot of mom guilt about of it but later it's very freeing when my special little buddies have to go to appointments, they have appointments every day and like therapy and stuff and so just driving them there and then sitting there And then driving home was like three hours of my day every day. And so delegating that out to somebody else has been so life-giving. And it took me a while to be okay with that because I was like, I mean, I'm not taking them to their doctor appointment. What are the therapists going to think that I'm not the one driving and I'm not checking in, I'm not getting the reports, but just giving myself permission to delegate some of those things out has been so huge for me Um, because my time is better spent here with my people, interacting with people and managing our home than it is being a chauffeur.
0: Yes. And that is so wise. We work with a lot of our homeschool CEOs to help them step into that CEO role. And that really is stepping back and being the visionary and being the leader of your family. You know, whether you're if you're married, you're co-leading, but you a leader of your business, a leader of your family. Delegating is a huge, huge thing that we talk about a lot. So how did you process the mom guilt that comes around that? Because I've gone through that journey too, where you know, you do. You feel like I'm a bad mom
1: because I'm trying to do all of this stuff. So, how did you walk through that journey? That's a great question. I think that it was a lot of Brene Brown for sure. And I've been going to see a counselor for the last couple of years. My dad passed away a couple of years ago. And so, I've been seeing a counselor since then. And she's just helped me really kind of separate things out of what's mine to own and what's not mine. And a big piece of having a big family, we get stared at a lot. And um, I know that's shocking. So, we'll go to a restaurant, and everybody just, all the eyes of the restaurant just kind of turned towards us. And so that used to make me want to hide under the table and which is of course, shame um, and be really embarrassed about whatever they were thinking about me. And so just talking through that with her and having the conversation of what I make up that they're saying is that they're thinking like, she's crazy. What's wrong with them, whatever. And they very well be saying that, but she said, what, how do you know? They're not thinking, wow, she's amazing. I could never do that. And so just in that little conversation, it helped me switch my mind, my mindset of like, you know what, those are their thoughts. It's not mine to own. I could easily just switch their words in my head. And instead of like feeling shame and wanting to hide under a table, I stayed up proud. I'm like, yeah, these are all my 10 kids. I got this, you know, like it's a completely different me that shows up to the table. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, but I feel like it was just a lot of my mind shift and trying to figure out what's theirs to own and what's mine to own.
0: Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And we were talking about the mom guilt and, but that's the same thing. It's a mind shift of what are we focusing? What are we telling ourselves? You know? Yes. That's what we walked through too. And the same thing, like we have to realize, you know, it's really there, whatever they're thinking, whether they're thinking good or they're thinking badly, it doesn't matter. Like that, that, that does not define who we are as moms. Yes. Yes. I love that. So You talk a lot about being intentional with your time, because when you have 10 kids, you have to really pick and choose what you spend your time on. So
1: how do you decide that? Um, One of the things that I walk my momma through and that I have done, and so I know very clearly what my yeses are and what I want to be about. So figuring out what I want to be intentional with, figuring out what's important to me and what, what drains me and kind of separating those two things out. And the things that drain me, I try to delegate out to other people and given to kids or somebody else. So I'm not doing them. And then I can create space for like, once those are off the table, that I can create space for the things that I want to be doing. And that matter to me. That makes sense. So let's walk through some like tactile
0: things. So for our moms who they're running a business and they're homeschooling and their life right now is chaos because a lot of our moms, that's where they are. They're, you know, they're trying to juggle it all still. Um, So what would you say would be like, steps one, two, and three, like where would you start them on? Okay, this is how we help you come to a place of calmness.
1: So what I've been talking to a lot of mamas about right now, just since everybody is homeschooling and working from home is creating blocks of time. So we're kind of creating those blocks of time in your schedule where you are just focused on their school and then other blocks where you're just focused on your work and really separating those out and setting clear expectations of like with my kids, I'm like, we're going to turn off tablets at noon. And we're done for the day. Like you're not playing around on screens all day. Like that's our time to do school. And then during that time, we've picked three things that are really the key things I want them to focus on. So for us, it's math, reading, and handwriting. And I want them to focus on those three things. They have other things that they're supposed to be doing as well. But if I can make sure we get those three things done in the day, I feel like we're winning, right? So after they do those three things, they go on to the others. But those are the three priorities that I want them to have. And then with my work time, I've created really clear expectations of what I expected them. So like right now they're all doing quiet time. And if some of them are watching a documentary, some of them are in their room reading books, like everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing. But we've gone through that of, Hey, you can choose from these things. And then once you do that, you need to stay there and be quiet (laughs) and have that quiet time because it is so important for, it's important for all of us to just be able to shut down for a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really important for me as well. So I can get my work done.
0: Yes. So do you primarily work then while the kids are doing their quiet time or do you work in the mornings, evenings? Like what does your work schedule look like?
1: Um, We have our schooling in the morning and then we normally do lunch together. And then after that is when I get the majority of my work done when everybody is doing their quiet time. Got it. So then
0: with a bigger family and managing schooling and running a business, what do your extracurriculars look like? Are you running every night as far as sports? Because we ran into this even with four. So I can only imagine with 10, like, what do you say yes to? What do you say no to?
1: That's a great question. One of the things that is important to my kids and to my husband is baseball. They all love baseball. And so we do, we have four different little buddies on four different teams. And then we also have our special needs kiddos. They're all on one team. And so these four have practices every night, not every night, but there is a practice every night at all different places. And sometimes there's multiple practices on a night. And then on Saturday, I mean, our whole day is just baseball, right? So this is kind of one of the things that I had to process through with myself. Cause I didn't, don't want to tell your children, no, you can't do that. Right. Like that's just right. a hard thing to do and to limit them. I get that. Cause they also do scouts. And so we have scouts in there as well, but this past fall, we just had our 10th baby. And when my husband travels, it's up to me to get them to practice and get them to games. Right. So. Because it's important to him, I make him do it the majority of the time, and I don't have a problem with that. I'm like that's great, you guys go have fun. But when he leaves, it's me, and so I kind of went back and forth of I don't want to do this because it makes my life really chaotic, and even if it's just for one week out of the whole season, it makes my life really chaotic. It's really chaotic,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: don't want to do that. And I just had a baby, whatever. But then going over to the other side of Hey, this is my kid's social time. This is so good for them. Like all of those things." And so I kept going back and forth on how I was feeling about it. And I had to kind of come in and speak to myself like I would a friend. Because I was like, if this was any of my friends, I'd be like, you're being ridiculous. Take a break for the season. Like, it's okay, right? And so I had to (laughs) to come back in and kind of talk to myself like I would a friend and be kind to myself in that way. Because I think that our minds just kind of go to the guilty, feeling bad. We did take a break for the season. And it was so wonderful and freeing. And then this season has been a complete break. And I love it.
0: Nice, nice. So yeah, yeah. So that because of everything that's going on, it is a complete break for everybody, which has been kind of in some ways really nice because we yes. it's forced us all to just stop and just be and to slow down. So having a family with 10 kids, so what have you learned during this time that maybe you didn't like something new that you've kind of processed through this season?
1: Mm. I have been working personally just on my voice. It's been something that I have been working with my own counselor on is to speak up and to be more assertive with things. And so I feel like this has really taught me to do that. Just in my business, it's all about helping mamas, right? And so so many mamas are at home and homeschooling and doing business and all the things that they're not used to doing. And so I really feel like I have something to offer, I have something to give people. And so being able to actually say that out loud and not feeling shame or embarrassed because. I'm saying I have something to give, right? So that I feel like that's been something personally that I've been working on and working through that's been big for me.
0: That is huge because so many moms right now, business owners, they feel guilty for selling and offering their services. But the thing is what you have right now can make such an impact for these moms who are in the situation that maybe they didn't ask to be in, because that's also some of my audience. Some of my moms were really unexpected homeschoolers. You know, they're doing the crisis schooling, but then they're going, but wait a minute, if I can do it for a couple of months, if I can get the right systems in place, maybe I can do it long-term. Yeah. You know, like the wheels are starting to turn because they're realizing like the total freedom and flexibility for the whole family, what that would mean for them. Yes. So that's that's really great to hear that you're working through that. And yeah, you absolutely should be offering your services because you can help so many people right now, for sure. So walk me through, um, I know that you you have a masterclass, correct? Or a course mm-hmm. that helps, te- helps moms take everything from chaos to calmness, correct? Yes. So what does that cover? Just kind of the overview
1: of the topics. How do you do that? So the first piece is to really evaluate where you are and figure out what you're doing. And so normally during the school year, I think things are a whole lot more chaotic and you can there's probably a huge list. And now it may not be that big of a list, but uh, to figure out what you're doing. And then we kind of separate it into two categories of what gives you life and what drains you. And so an example I give is that I noticed that I don't mind loading the dishes, but I really hate unloading the dishes. And so those are the things that I've kind of, I mean, they're almost the same task, but one like completely drains me, and one I'm like, "Yeah, I don't care, whatever." And so <laughs> taking the things that drain me and delegating them out to other people and automating as many things as possible, and then taking out, eliminating whatever we can. So the things that we don't need to be doing which again, I feel like this COVID thing has kind of taken out a lot of that for us anyway, but just taking those things out of our lives altogether. And then from there, we make a, a daily rhythm and a weekly rhythm, and make sure that we prioritize the things that are important to us.
0: So what is the difference between your daily rhythm versus your weekly rhythm?
1: So for us, I mean, daily is more of a an hour by hour situation. So for us, what that looks like is at nine o'clock, we all meet on our couches and we start our homeschool day there and everyone has already done their jobs and has all their things already ready to go for the day. And then we all break off for to do homeschool and then we had to lunch and then we do quiet time, right? So that's kind of our, it's chunked up that way. But with our weekly rhythm, those hours may look different for me. And we also have different things scheduled on different nights. So one of the things that we have as a priority in our family is playing games together because it's fun and it's a great way to spend time together. And so we have a game night that's scheduled on our, our calendar every week. And so it's not a, Clearly, it's not a daily thing, but it happens once a week. And on Thursday night, we have our date night, my husband and I do. And that's also something where we've just said, this is protected time and no one can touch it, right? So just making those things a priority and having nobody else be able to dictate how that goes is really what that the difference between the two.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. So you talked about like delegating the chores around the house to the kids. How do you motivate them? Because I know a lot of my audience will say, you know what, my 10 year old, it's easier to do it myself than to fight with them to make them do it. So what would
1: you say to that mom? How do you motivate these kids? Yeah. So for us, it's setting really clear expectations of what this entails. So we delegate out jobs to everybody and everybody has morning jobs and afternoon jobs and letting them know what you expect of them and how you expect it. So I want you to clean the bathroom and then breaking that down of like the counter needs to be wiped. The clothes need to be picked up and the towels need to be hung up. Right. So setting those really clear expectations and then checking their work and making sure that they have actually done it. And then if they haven't done it, make them come back and do it again. And for us, what that looks like is we have we have popsicle sticks that they have as consequences. So if I go into somebody's room and they're supposed to have completed a job and I see that it's not done, I say, you need to come back and do that job and you need to go grab a popsicle stick. And on the popsicle sticks are just like little jobs that are just kind of icing on the cake. Nothing Nothing fancy. They could be done or not be done. It doesn't really matter, but they are just a reinforcer of their responsibilities. And I also feel very strongly about the chore situation because I feel like we have a very entitled group of people in our, um, like this generation that we've, we've raised is very entitled. And so giving them responsibilities and expecting things of them, is like really good for them (laughs) and teaches them to be responsible adults. And um, I, I just think it would be so great if we, if we as mamas could raise up a generation of kids that are sufficient and, excuse me, self-sufficient and capable of going out to the world and taking initiative and in doing hard things.
0: Oh, I agree. You know, the majority of the older one's life was spent on a farm. We used to live on a farmstead. And so they learned to take care of chickens and do all these chores. But you know what? They have the strongest work ethic. So strong because it was just expected of them and they needed to take care of the animals and they, you know, brought in the firewood and all of that stuff. So, yeah, we went through that too. And, but a lot of their, like their friends would look at them like, oh, we don't do chores. And then my kids would feel like they were the only ones in the world that were doing chores. And I'm like, I know, I promise you, there are other families that are
1: making their kids do chores too. Yes. And I also tell myself, because I would fall into that trap as well, being like, we're the meanest people that we're making our kids do all this stuff. And, whatever. But I keep thinking, I often compare myself to somebody that, well, in like even the early 1900s of families that their kids went off and got real jobs at the age of 12 and were helping contribute to the family because that's what was expected of them. And probably all over the world, that's still happening. And so, I don't know, that's just kind of freed me up some to be like, no, this is really good for them. I don't need to fall into that trap of feeling bad about giving them responsibilities. I agree.
0: I am 100% with you. And I love the popsicle trick. Like I've never, that's something new. I've never heard of it. So for the extra jobs, are they just little jobs that they have to do in addition?
1: Yes. And it's nothing like, it's like vacuuming out under the couch or something like that. So if it never happens it whatever, it never happens. But if it does happen, then it's like a a bonus. That is such a great,
0: where did you come up with that idea?
1: I don't know. I just made it up.
0: Okay. That's awesome. (laughs) Very impressive.
1: We also have a ticket system that we do. That's I've seen my children enjoy work and like want to work and have great work ethic because of it. And it's all about incentivizing them. So the things that they love in life, like Xbox and staying up late and watching movies or watching a show during the middle of the day or something like that, those are all things that they can earn. And so they earn them by doing jobs. And so we'll often have the problem of I look around the house and it's clean and lovely and they're asking me for jobs and I like can't think of anything to do because it's all been done. Everything's been taken care of. And so uh, that's one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite systems and the one that I've seen the most fruit from as well. So that is awesome. So do you
0: teach moms in your systems class? Do you teach them to do that as well then to incentivize? Yes. That is so, so wise. Okay, so raising 10 kids then and homeschooling some, some going to public school, you're running a business. What has been maybe one of the biggest lessons that you've learned where you've had to maybe have a mindset shift? I know we talked about the one earlier, like reframing your thinking of what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. But what is like one thing that you can look back where you've grown that has really changed how you've approached balancing all of this?
1: Yeah, definitely that I can't do it all and being okay with that. I feel like the more I do and the more kids we have, the more people are, will say things like, you must be super mom. And I'm always thinking, no. I've just learned to really delegate out well and ask for help when I need help. And so one of, one of the pieces of that is our special needs little buddies. And if anybody has special needs buddies out there, this is such a huge piece, but they qualify for a bunch of programs where we get help to come to our house and help with them. And that has been so life-changing and so freeing and so helpful. So that's been, I think that's the biggest piece of just getting to the end of myself of realizing I can't do it all because I think it, probably five kids. I still thought that I could do it all. And I thought that I was pretty good at it, you know, but <laughs> the side of it, I'm like, no, I can't. And that's okay. And it's good to have help. It's good to create that vulnerability in me. And that it creates this humble heart in me where I'm, you know, not proud that I, that I'm running this whole thing all by myself. So. Yeah.
0: But I feel like, um, like with my audience, like we talk about being the CEO and you've stepped into that CEO role, you know, you've stepped into that you're leading, you're not doing it all yourself. Because if you think about it, these business owners that are, that are running the large corporations, they're not doing it all either. Like nobody is doing it all. Yeah. You know, we all look at Instagram and Pinterest and we think, oh, that they've got it all together. And all you're seeing is a three second snippet out of a camera roll that took 50 shots probably to get the picture to begin with. And it's not reality. Like nobody, and the moms who are trying to do it all are overwhelmed and stressed out. And You know, it's not, life is too short. Like we shouldn't live like that anyway. And I feel like we're better moms when we delegate. Amen. Because the kids get the best of us instead of what's left over.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Why don't you tell our uh, audience where they can connect with you? Yeah, mamasystems.net and at Systems on Instagram and on Facebook. Awesome. Well, everybody, I want you to reach out to Laura, and especially if you're running a business and you're homeschooling your kids and you're looking for help with your systems, Laura is your girl. I loved having Laura on the show today. Come on, that popsicle trick, that was amazing. Probably one of the best practical parenting advice I've gotten in a really long time. Man, I wish I would have had that when my four kids were little. If you loved hearing from Laura today, reach out to her on Instagram. Let her know that you found her here on the podcast. And DM me, let me know what was your biggest takeaway from today's episode. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Hey friend, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I really appreciate it. And for more information on connecting with other homeschool CEOs just like you, be sure to check out our website at www.homeschoolceo.com. And as always, Team Homeschool CEO, you ladies inspire me. Thank you for always showing others what is possible. You guys are awesome. See you next week.